Blog Talk Radio. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Copan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Corey Choi, our guest, is the president and owner of Silver Sound Studios, who have created, recorded, edited, and mixed sounds since 2003. Every single narrative, documentary, cartoon, audiobook, radio drama, television ad, Art installation and video game they work on, regardless of the budget, is given the utmost attention and love. If you can hear it in your head, they can make it and play it in your speakers. And Carol, I understand that Corey has been a donor to your grant um, since 2007, in fact. Yes, he has, Claire and Corey. We just so appreciate the work you do for independent filmmakers. You are so kind to them. You're always finding ways to support them, and thank you for joining us today. Well, it's my pleasure, and I just, you know, Silver Sound, uh, we love what the movies that come out of the Roy Dean Grant, the, the movies that receive the the Roy Dean Grant, and it's it's a real, you know, it's a real pleasure knowing that every year we're going to be working on a really fantastic film. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. We take a lot of time in choosing the winners. That's the point. Well, the goal today uh, for this show is to educate filmmakers on what recording studios do, and most importantly, to teach uh, or explain how to improve your sound while you're shooting. So I noticed that on your site you say since 2003 – Silver Sound loca- uh, Location recordists have worked on thousands of projects all over the globe. Silver Sounders are always prepared, professional, and ready to roll. We have the best equipment in the business, and we're not afraid to use it. So filmmakers can hire people and equipment through you? Yeah, uh, um, and and I want to clarify something. There's two really sections of sound when making a film. There's the production sound and there's the post-production sound. And so, you know, the recording studio and the mixing studio side of Silver Sound, that's the post-production end. But we're very, very excited to also have a production end and that is the part of our company where we provide location sound mixers, we provide um, audio utilities and boom operators and equipment on on set. So yes, filmmakers can not only hire us to be on set, um, but then once we finish recording their production sound, we can help them take it all the way through post-production. And that's very exciting to us because I I think we're one of the few companies that actually do both production and post-production sound. 
Yes, that's great. So when someone is planning, let's say they're putting their budget together, then that's when they should call you to get some numbers and find out uh, what all these things cost and go from there, get started with you on a yeah. budget? Yeah, I, I think, I think um, we, we definitely provide, and, and I think any filmmaker looking to make a film, the first thing they should be do they should be doing is writing out, you know, even if it's just uh, broad strokes, they should be writing out their budget and making sure they have the resources to make the film that they want to make. And, uh, yes, uh, calling calling Silver Sound and asking to speak to me or another one of us, we can, we can help advise on exactly what, you know, you're going to need for your movie based on the script. So we, we often say, hey, you know, what are you doing? Are you doing a documentary? Are you doing a narrative? Um, we find about where you're shooting. Um, we have a wonderful location scout checklist that we'll send to filmmakers who work with us, and it, it allows you to kind of go through and look at all the possible pitfalls for location and, and see, you know, um, is there, for instance, is there an airport, an active airport nearby? You know, are airplane noises going to be a problem? Well, while shooting, um, you know, is there an active highway nearby? Can you control the refrigerator in in the room? So also all sorts of things uh, are on that checklist, and we can consult, you know, depending on your project and your script, and let you know a little bit more about what you should be budgeting. You know, I was doing uh, a PSA here at, at my home, and I had some professional filmmakers here, and we finally got the lights right, got everything ready to go. And then across the street, this guy started tearing out his windows. He was, <laughs> and I never heard such noise in my life. And so I said, I said okay, uh, I'll be right back. Uh, and because I knew I only had him for a limited time, so I ran down the street and uh, nobody spoke English, so I said, El Hefe, El Hefe, and they found me someone, and, I, and he spoke English, so I said, okay, I need 20 minutes to record this. 20 minutes. Will you give it to me with no noise? He said, yes. 20 minutes only. You know, he's a construction guy, so I, I ran back, and I said, okay, we got to do it. And so it was one take, and I was so proud of myself, but it was the fear of knowing that it's either this or else. But I never, I had looked at every other possibility about sound, but never thought about um, building. So I guess that's on your list, right? Yes, actually, I'll, I'll actually read out the list to you, because road work and construction is a big one, particularly since... You know, I'm very mindful of that because I live in New York City and I work in New York City where there is constant construction. So um, on on our list, we say look for, you know, first of all, check if it's an interior or an exterior location. Um, if it's an interior, look for re refrigerators or air compressors. Uh, do the pipes make noise for the heat or the radiators? Um, is the lighting making noise? Is it fluorescent lighting or practical lighting? Are the doors and windows, are they ajar? Because if they're open or not sealed, then you're going to get, you know, just ground noise from outside. Um, look out for air and road traffic. And, and these are all things to make note of. It doesn't mean you can't shoot if they're present, but you need to be aware of them. Um, are there any alarms or door chimes or telephones that are going to interrupt shooting? Um, do the neighbors have dogs? That's a big one. <laughs> um, 
if there's road work and construction going on, you know, one of the things that you can do is find out, you know, when is the construction actually scheduled to be happening and schedule around it. Or if it's scheduled for all day, just like you did, you can speak, um, you can set, you can speak with the foreman and say, hey, maybe we can work, you know, during your lunch break, we can shoot or, or, you know, find other times when they don't need to be using their jackhammers. Um, (laughs) The other other thing you should always be aware of are the dimensions of the room. Make note of the size of the room. Is it a very boxy, echoey room? Is this something that you're going to have to be treating? Um, You know, are there, are there weird reflections, sound reflections coming out? If you have a generator, where, where is the generator being placed? Because a lot of times people forget generators make a heck of a lot of noise unless you're, you know, unless you're using just a solar battery, which, by the way, is if you don't need a ton of power, a solar battery is a great way to go instead of a generator. Um, and, you know, where is the sound cart going to be placed, et cetera. And so that's, that's kind of our silver sound location sound uh, location scout checklist. And, um, and sorry, the producer's job to get that and to watch for that in the production, correct? Sorry, say that again? That's the producer's job to make sure that all of that is handled. Are the sound man uh, covered with the producer watching the sound man? Well, when when you do your tech scout, when you do your location scout, it's it's very important to bring the sound person. The sound the sound um person will be, you know, looking for these and making a report. But if for any reason the sound person cannot make the location scout, then yes, we give this list to the producer, um, locations. We also usually give it to the AD as well. Right. I never realized that the sound person should be on all the locations. Of course they should, more than uh, than you can imagine, because they they have those special ears. I always think of sound people having been born with this wonderful set of ears that hear things <laughs> we don't hear. And and you know it's funny uh, we would love we would love 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 for that to be true and I I sure I'll take credit for magic ears but really it's just like anything else we've been trained to pay attention to certain things um, and in fact some of the best sound guys I know uh, at some point actually have a little bit of a uh, in the high range a little bit less of like a little bit of a dip in their hearing but because they know what to listen for and they know what to pay attention to. Um, they're, they're an invaluable asset um, on a location scout. And that's actually one of the pitfalls that many, many productions fall into is they forget to think about sound or have their sound person on set for the location scout. Yes, I can imagine. Well, I have often heard uh, documentary filmmakers say that they could put a, t- a team together, and short film producers too, uh, they've said to me, I, I've found everybody, but I can't get a sound guy to come for free. And my attitude is, I don't think you want one for free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, and I think I think that's another another uh, interesting thing about production that people should keep in mind. Um, unless you have a very good friend who is a sound person, um, generally you're going to have to budget for sound. And the reason is this. Um, if you have a camera person or a director of photography who is extremely interested in shooting your documentary or short film because they want to be able to put the images on their reel, because one of the ways that a director of photography gets work is they show their reel. People say, oh, that's beautiful, and um, they they use it. And you can even 
show raw footage on, on, on a reel. There really is no such thing as a production sound reel. And the reason is because by the time uh, a movie gets to display the short, it has gone through the post-production sound process. And there's so many things that happen in the post-production sound process that it really wouldn't be an accurate reflection of the situation. And also because in many situations, particularly on documentary, there are many things that are out of control uh, that the sound person is not in control of and just has to be mindful of. So there's no, there's no real, there's no, you can't say, oh, take this location sound and put it on your reel because there's really no such thing as a location sound reel. So the benefit for a sound recordist in, in, in most cases, unless they're going for, you know, Academy Award or, or an Emmy, so there's some sort of award, is money. <laughs> yes. Right. And you only want those who have a really good uh, resume, I would think, and have experience because it um the the list you just read off, uh even besides that I'm sure there are things that happen that they're not expecting. Oh, for sure. And particularly with documentary, again, one of the things that uh I find a lot of new documentary filmmakers forgetting the first thing is hire a sound person. But um, if, if for whatever reason you're, you're doing your own sound, you should be mindful that there are different microphones for different situations, just like there are different lenses for different situations. Um, there really is no one-size-fit-all um, microphone. You know, many people will go out with a zoom lens with a nice range, and they'll They'll try to do the whole documentary that, that way, but sometimes they'll wish they could just zoom a little bit more. They wish they had a prime with them so they could get a little bit more light. It's the same thing with uh, microphones. There are microphones that are more appropriate for indoors. There's microphones that are more appropriate for out-of-doors. Um, there's microphones that are, that are more appropriate for when you have a loud situation or when you're doing an interview. So there, there, there's a whole... There's a whole equipment palette, a microphone palette that, you know, if you're going to do the best job you possibly can, you want somebody who's going to bring um, that whole, uh, you know, cornucopia of microphones with them and also accessories to help them do their job. Right. So this that would be a benefit then. So to uh, call Silver Sound, get the budget, and if there was someone there, uh, you recommend people? Is that what you do, sound uh, people? No, we actually are the sound people. Um, so we have 12 location sound recordists on staff and um, wonderful men and women. <laughs> and we're very proud of, of one of our, our uh, the shows that we do location sound recording for is called Born to Explore. It's on ABC. And um, last year, one of our recordists actually, uh, Hunt Beatty, he actually climbed Mount Kilimanjaro while recording sound for the show. So not only did he summit the, the highest mountain in Africa, but he was working the whole time and recording the host. And um, so, so, yeah, we actually have 12 uh, location sound recordists on staff, and they all have feature experience, documentary experience. Um, another one of our uh, recordists, Matt Batley, spent three months in Greenland. Um, <laughs> so that was a very extreme weather situation, doing a show called Ice Cold Gold. And wow. um, Yeah, we, we go all over the world. We go all over the states. Um, we go all over the city, <laughs> at New York City. And um, yes. no, no matter what kind of situation, we can advise 
you know, we can obviously, we would love to come on set with the filmmakers, um, but we can also advise filmmakers as what to do. That's fantastic. Well, I bet the gentleman, did he have to work out to do Kilimanjaro? Did he have to train and build his stamina to do that? He sure did. Um, Hunt Hunt, uh, did a a bunch of practice climbs. So, um, you know, he did some smaller mountains in the States and, I'm I'm pretty sure he you know we all we all try to keep in 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 relatively good shape. So because uh, the the job of a sound a location sound recordist, um, if you're doing documentary and it's one person, you're the one person doing the the job. Um, then it's very then then you're both boom operating and mixing and recording, and that can be very physically taxing. If you're on a, a narrative shoot, you know, there's the boom operator who's separate, there's the location sound recordist, and there's the utility person. Um, that's still, you know, relatively physically, all of those jobs are relatively physically demanding, so you, you do need to, to make sure that you're you're in shape to do your job. Yes, I would imagine holding a, a boom for hours at a time, or seemingly hours at a time, would be very hard on your body unless you had built those muscles up. You do have to, it, it, and interestingly, you do have to build those muscles up, but it's more about um, using your body in the correct way and finding the right posture and finding the places, the way to hold the pole so that you're the most relaxed. And actually, there's um, there's a few techniques that you can do so that your body you're not the worst thing you can do is exert yourself while holding the boom pole too much because then your your arms will begin to shake um you want to find the most relaxed position possible and and the people here are very very good at it um one of my favorite boom operators that we work with here at silver sound um is shiho miyazawa she's in japan right now um, but we're hoping she'll come back to the states soon um but she has training as a professional dancer and ah. that training translates beautifully to boom operating. How wonderful. It sounds like it, uh, it's the United Nations there. You've got <laughs> a lot of people. That's good. Well, all right, so let me go to another section of what you do, um, because I noticed that um, you you talk about um, the post-production sound process. Um so tell us about the sound mix and how many channels they can have and what happens what happens once someone has let's say they have been on a shoot and come in and now you're you're looking at the material they have and uh, what what are the pitfalls what problems do you find and then how how does it get fixed Oh so this is this is actually a very very good question so you know, once you're through the post-production, well, sorry, once you're through the production stage and you've got your 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 film and you've got all your sound, you've got all your picture and you've cut it and you've edited it and you've got your picture lock um, and you're ready to bring it in to production studio, then you take it to, you know, hopefully you take it to Silver Sound or you take it to another post-production facility and you want to bring in a picture lock. Um, and the reason you want to do that is because the editor has cut everything in sequence. If you can, you want to do a picture lock because the editor's cut everything in sequence. And if that picture is to change, then all of the sound needs to be realigned again. And so if you're doing work on that sound and you're constantly also realigning, it can become very costly because that's a, that's a time, that's a time consuming process. So to save money and to also be more efficient, 
um, and make your life easier, generally wait for picture lock before you take it to your final sound mix. Um, the One of the, the biggest pitfalls that I see is people haven't, either they haven't uh, had a professional sound recordist on set or they haven't had a sound recordist on set at all. So sometimes the sound is very, very um, bad. <laughs> um, and But, you know, other times... Uh, independent filmmakers have actually done a pretty good job themselves, and it's not professional quality, but it's it. The most important thing is that you can hear what the people are saying, and there's a good signal to noise ratio. And what that means is that you know the voices are stronger than whatever background no- noise is distracting. And then um, what the what the post production sound process is is we um, we do a dialogue edit, which means we smooth out all the cuts between, you know, all the cuts between shots. We make it feel like one continuous scene for, for scenes. Um, so we do a dialogue edit. Then there's the the process of adding in ambiences and backgrounds. So we, if there were ambiences and backgrounds recorded on set, we augment them or we choose which ones are good and we highlight those. Um, there is the sound effects and Foley process where things that were not recorded on set, we add in so let's say you've got a wide shot you've got a wide shot super wide shot and your character is sighing but you don't really you see the character sighing but you don't really hear them because it was too far and you didn't get your proper coverage you didn't get a close-up um we'll go ahead and we'll uh adr that sigh so we so that and it's important narratively so we'll go ahead and adr which means uh recording voices after the fact to picture well, ADR that sigh, or let's say we want to hear the footsteps. We'll go ahead and we'll foley those footsteps. And foley means recording sound, watching picture and recording to picture. So we watch the people on the screen, and while they take a step, we take a step on this appropriate surface with the appropriate kind of shoe. So we'll foley and we'll add sound effects. And then there's a denoising process. Um, we'll take the, the denoising and restoration process. This is very exciting. This technology has really, really changed in the last five years, the denoising technology. Um, it's been around for a long time, but there have been amazing, amazing leaps and bounds in audio restoration possibilities. And, um, you know, it's not you can fix everything, but there are certain things that you can fix now that you definitely would not have been able to fix five years ago. And so uh, we take it and we, we, we go and we go through the restoration and the denoising process. And then your film, after all that, is ready to begin your sound mix. And what the sound mix is, is taking every little level, every line, and making sure it feels smooth. And then, so sound mix, you're pr- pr- primarily focusing on turn this up, turn this down. Um, let's EQ this one way or another. And maybe let's add a little reverb. So the design process happens before the sound mix. The editing process happens before the sound mix. And then the sound mix is generally, you know, the last step in the process. And it's very, very fun. It's very, very exciting because that's when your your movie has already been designed and, and you as a director are coming in, you're sitting in the calibrated room with the sound engineer, and every single decision you make makes your movie sound better. And it's just a very, very exciting and fun process. So all of this, uh, you don't do any of it without the editor there with you? 
Um, no, we, we, we do, we do, we, we do it with the, without the editor present, actually. The editor, um, delivers the materials to us, and then our sound editor is the one who does the sound editing. So what happens is the editor, the picture editor, will do picture lock and give us, uh, deliver us materials. Sometimes the picture editor will sit on design meetings or the mixed meetings, but they don't need to be present while we do our work. Okay, so that sounds great. So, yeah. I have seen through a music t- uh, man, a man who composes music in California, has taught us how important music is by turning off the sound and then turning the sound back on, and you and it enhances the acting so much that uh, it teaches you that every little sound. I, I remember seeing a picture where a guy touched his shirt to look for his cigarettes, and you could hear the cloth move, you know. And the cellophane, uh, and I thought, oh my God, that is a good sound recordist because I heard everything. Yes, and, and it's funny. Um, it, it could be a great sound recordist. It could also be a great post sound designer. Um, it just depends. That's one of the reasons, actually, that I have such a good time. I'm so excited to do post on uh, a movie where Silver Sound has done the production sound is because I know our our mixers have a very high standard of quality, but we also have a, a knowledge of the post-production process, so we know what to get on set that's appropriate for, for, for picture for later. So, you know, some it makes our job much easier in post to have someone, either one of us or someone we know who's very good um, or just someone who's very good um, doing the location sound because then it becomes less of a fix-this-job and more of let's-do-something-creative job. And that would save you on your post-costs, wouldn't it? Save you tremendously? Yes. It, 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 if you think that you're saving money by not hiring a professional on set, you're actually losing money. It's going to cost more in post um, than it is going to cost in, in, in production. Uh, I 100%... Um, advise all filmmakers to really budget for production sound. It's super, super important. Because if you've got to bring people into the studio, now you're you're paying for studio rental costs, um, you're paying for the engineer, and then you're also having to bring your talent back in. Oftentimes it's much, much, much more time and money efficient to just get it right on set. Absolutely. Uh, but those um, must be. What are some of the pitfalls that are the problems that you've seen when you, when filmmakers have brought you product and then you have in post um, that you have to the correct. big one, The big ones are not paying attention to location, um, or not hi- not hiring a proper sound team, or not having the proper equipment on set. Those are the biggest pitfalls I notice. Um, some of the more nuanced things is, you know, with the advent of digital filmmaking it's now very easy to just shoot a whole lot <laughs> and take a whole, and have multiple cameras and, and all sorts of things like that. But um, I find that uh, the, the, one of the pitfalls I see is I'll, I'll see a film that has clearly not been storyboarded or clearly not the shot list hasn't been thought out clearly, and there'll be co- there will be coverage that's missing. There'll be shots that have only been shot in wide where they're expecting everybody to sound like a close-up, but for whatever reason, the lavaliers are not working or they're not effective the entire time. 
So the sound really needed to be captured on the boom microphone, but there is no close-up that has been taken. And, and I'll notice that is one of the pitfalls. Another pitfall is oftentimes it's very good if you can't get the boom close enough, but you know, you know you're going to want that sound close later, to do that, do that take wild. Do, do a shot wild where you're not rolling camera, but you are rolling sound so that you can get the boom close enough so it sounds good. So one of the pitfalls is I'll notice, you know, directors really should have taken into account, you know, getting, did their, do their story, be very careful with their storyboards and do a little bit more planning before they shoot. And then also, um, maybe just doing some sound wild could save you a lot of time later. Doing some sound wild. Tell us about that. So doing some sound wild is you shut off the camera, you bring the sound person to where they need to be, as close as they need to be, because you're not worried about them getting in shot, and you just do it without the camera rolling. And what that does is it gives the sound person in post an option, hey, you know, once we make this cut, we can bring in this really good sound, and no one will know the wiser. Movie magic. Wow. That's great. That's great. Well, um, so really, you uh, suggest, uh, uh, again, that filmmakers contact a sound studio, preferably Silver Sound, but some they should contact their, uh, their studio right at the beginning to understand what the fees are, look for microphone packages, find yeah, it. Yeah, a, 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 a filmmaker who's looking to shoot should contact a studio to to know what's what's going to be involved for post, and they should contact a location sound person. You know, a lot of location sound professionals are independent, and they work on their own, or or contact, you know, a, a group uh, like Silver Sound. But the important thing is to have a, a, a knowledge, a good knowledge base of, of what being aware of sound and knowing that it's important. That's that's half the battle right there, just being aware of sound. So when you're when you're looking to budget um your film, you know, make sure you 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 have enough to oh, another thing that people forget is the sound person is one cost, but the equipment is another cost. Just like you pay the camera person, but the the camera as a separate cost, you know, it needs to be rented. Um, um, so you need to make sure that you're budgeting both for a person and for the equipment. And I'll see a lot of times some filmmakers will say, okay, well, we have, uh, you know, X amount of money um, for the sound, for the sound, for the sound for the film. And I'll see the location sound person say, well, great, that will work for me, but now we won't have any money for any microphones. <laughs> and I'm going to need some microphones to do my job. Right. Right. No, so you really need, uh, even if you've already made one film, you still need help. You, there's so much to remember in the sound part. And I'll tell you, in judging films for the grant, that is the first thing that will turn me off is poor sound on a film trailer. If you have <clears throat> any idea of what judges say, uh, you would immediately make sure that your sound was good because if the judges find that the sound is uh, irregular or the wind is, you've got wind in your sound, um, any of these things, even though I know it's a documentary and we've always said, well, you know, but it's a doc and you can get away with something. No, you can't. Not on a trailer. No, uh, on a trailer, it's got to be, it's got to be perfect. And, you know, if there's, there's nothing more distracting than when the when the sound is not 
smooth. It, you know, you can get away with a lot of things, picture, but one thing you cannot get away with, because it will bring the audience out of the film. It will, it will take them out of your story. Exactly. Sound. Right. And uh, can I offer a it... thought here too about sound, if I may? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. One uh, another thing that, um, and Corey, I'm I'm sure you you've run into this yourself. It and it's not just about the sound that that we're recording. It's also the ambient sound, as far as if it sounds like your the 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 voice is echoing or whatever the nature sounds are sound like they're very far away instead of up close. There's, there's so much to do with the sound proofing that goes on. If it's um, an internal shot instead of uh, an external shot where you have some of the construction issues and so forth, but that um, the sound person also has to use apparatus in order to buffer sounds in the room as well. Would you agree, Corey? Yeah. Uh, one of the tools that we use is, is the sound blanket, and it's just we, – I call it a sound blanket. It's really just a moving, a nice, thick, moving blanket. Um, and we always make sure uh, – one of the things that, that you might not think about, let's say you have a character on a creaky wood floor, two characters on a creaky wood floor, and they're having a conversation and walking about. If we don't see their feet, Maybe just throw a blanket on 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 the ground, and then you don't have all that stomping all over. They're talking, um, and it, it, it's things like that, and uh, that you know people wouldn't normally think about. That can be extremely useful because, as you know, if you're in a echoey wooden room and you're stomping about in your heels, and and you can't, and you um, you know, and you're also speaking, you're you're stomping about. It's going to be louder than your voice. Another thing you can do is just put a little pad on the bottom of the heel. Just a little uh, furniture pad, a uh, little foam furniture pad on the bottom heel, so you could still hear the footsteps, but they're a little more muted. Oh, great idea! Yes, that's a great question, Claire. Thank you. Um, well, all right, let's um, wrap this up, uh, and I want to talk about your uh, your new uh, video film festival. But first, uh, as far as the sound. Uh, recording stuff. I I wanted to ask you something. I noticed that Universal Studios wins a lot of Academy Awards for sound and <laughs> sound sure editing. So, what do you think are their uh, talents? What? How do they get all those Academy Awards? Universal Studios is great. Um, uh, one of my favorite studios that that's kind of in, in the same caliber is um, Lucas Lucas um, Skywalker Sound. Yes. Um, and Universal Studios. I mean, they have the reason they get these awards that I think are one of the big reasons. Not only do they have incredibly talented teams, but they have a proper budget and they have a proper timeline. So not only do they have an incredibly good talent and resources, but they're given six months, maybe a year to work on the film. In the wow. indie world, yeah, in the indie world, you know, there's there's a lot less time and resources. Sometimes you can have a, a a thirty to forty person sound team on a narrative film. Sometimes it's even bigger. Sometimes you have a forty to fifty person sound team on a on a Hollywood feature. So when you have those kinds of resources at your disposal, it's a lot easier to do something really cool. Of course, I never realized that many people on a sound team. Wow! And what's the standard number for, um, let's say, a million dollar uh, indie budget? 
Now, in, demand, in, in, in Silver Sound, at least, generally you're going to have a team, uh, instead of a 30- or 40-person team, or, you know, let's say even like the smaller ones in L.A. where you've got like a 10-person team, um, it's not unusual in New York to have a team of four. It's not unusual sometimes for one person on, on maybe not a million-dollar budget, but if it's like a $20,000 budget, maybe one person is taking you through the whole process. Um, but, you know, I'd say for a million-dollar budget, uh, generally you're, you're looking at a team of four. You're going to have the supervising sound editor. You're going to have a sound re-recording mixer. You're going to have a sound designer and a sound editor. Good. Good to know. Right. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, tell me about this uh, this new thing you've got going, the Video Film Festival, and how does it work, and uh, how can people get involved? Well, this is this is totally um, something totally separate. That's a lot of fun. Um, so, Silver Sound, we we provide production sound recording, we provide post production sound services, but we also provide music and composing, and that's something that we we really love. And then, you know, some of the the composers here were also in bands. And we realized that one of the things that is happening now in film is that bands are beginning to license, not beginning, that's been happening for a while, but one of the, one of the big trends for, for bands, to instead of selling albums, they'll license their music to television shows. And that's a way for musicians to get seen and heard um, and make money as well, is music licensing. So we thought you know, how do we interact more with musicians? Because we want to know what's out there and have access to the catalog. And um, how do we interact more with directors? And so um, one of the forums that we really love, uh, music video, in terms of onset sound, you know, generally you're mainly doing playback, but that's still still a very important skill. The sound person knows how to do the playback system. And sometimes they'll do little short things where there's actual location recording as well. Um, we, you know, we love the music video form. So, and we, we, you know, again, we have composers and musicians on staff. So we decided to put together an event called the Silver Sound Showdown Music and Video Festival. And what it is is it's a music video film festival, um, and it's also a battle of the bands. And uh, we just had it on January eighth at, at, at a venue called Brooklyn Bowl. Very fun. It's a bowling alley with 16 screens, um, so you can see the music videos on all 16 screens at once. So we screen 21 music videos, and we have five bands in competition, and we have a panel of judges, and the audience also is one of the judges combined. And the winning band, the grand prize winning band, gets paired up with the, the grand prize winning director, and... Silver Sound uh, is the producer, and we all make a music video together that we premiere at the next year's festival. Oh, what fun! Well, tell us who won this time. This year, it was actually really the the videos were absolutely incredible, and you can go to SilverSoundShowdown.com and you can actually watch every single video that was in competition, and there are some amazing videos um i have i have a couple personal favorites um the one that won the grand prize was called greenback boogie um by frank jerky was a director and the band is i'm a robot (laughs) and it's um (laughs) it's a little violent but it's very creative and um the post-production on it was fantastic and part of the fun of this is the winning band uh is a 
incredible band um, from there. I think they're from the Brooklyn area, actually, but we do have bands from all over the country, and actually uh, from out of the country as well. There was a band from Canada that came last year. Um, this band that won the grand prize this year is Francis Cohn is their name, and uh, Christina Cohn is the, is, the, is the lead singer, and she is phenomenal, but what is really phenomenal about the band is they they have such beautiful harmonies while they're performing. They they do often do three or four part harmony while playing their instruments and it's absolutely beautiful. So part of the fun of the festival is um Frank Jerky's video was the music that he did it for is so so different than the music that Francis Cohn plays. So they're gonna be you know, put together in a creative collaboration um, for the first time. They've never met each other before. And uh, Silver Sound has never worked with either of them before. So it's going to be really fun, you know, seeing what happens. Yes. Oh, I bet something wonderful will come out of that. It, it usually does, actually. Um, every year we, we're very proud of what comes up, and it's a lot of fun because Silver Sound ends up making a new music video each year, which is very fun for us as well. So when can they start submission? Uh, what time of the year? So if, the you, next... if you have a music video, uh, submissions will open up this spring. Um, early submissions will open up this spring, probably, I would say, end of March. And um, and then, or maybe beginning of March, depending on, on, on when we decide to open early submissions. And, and they'll close sometime in the fall. Great. Okay, well, we definitely need to be on your mailing list so we can get that in our newsletter because so many of our filmmakers will love to submit for that. that and actually, talk, talk about something if you're just if you're just if you're an independent filmmaker and you're um, and you're not sure how to handle sound, maybe try a music video where you don't have to worry about recording sound at all first, um, and you just have to worry about playback. Um, though playback is is a very important uh, part of a music video, so that you can get the syncing right, the lip sync. Right, right. Well, okay. Now, uh, first of all, we tell us how we can find Silver Sound. Um, Silver Sound website. is on the web, and um, it's www dot silversound dot us and the silver sound um showdown website is www.silversoundshowdown.com and um they're separate sites one is just about the festival and um silversound.us you can see some of our work and you can also see some of the places we've been while working oh it sounds great well now in closing give us some tips so what do you think, uh, let's wrap it up into a bunch of tips just for uh, filmmakers to... Sure. Okay. Um, so tips for filmmakers, when you're going into production, um, do your location scouts, know where you're shooting, and know about your environment. Make sure that you have a good sound professional and that um, they have the proper equipment that they need to do their job. The uh, next thing is to make sure that you have a cohesive, positive team. Um, you know, one of the most important things is the uh, the dynamics on set. Make sure that you know not only is your is your team professional, but that they're pleasant to be around with, <laughs> pleasant to be around, and exciting to work with. Because nothing is more important than a, a positive vibe on set. And um, you know, other than that, make sure you get your coverage properly. If you're doing a documentary, um, if you can do both uh, uh, a lavalier and a boom, 
definitely do both because sometimes they'll, you know, for maybe the lavalier doesn't sound good because the talent is touching it, or maybe it's too buried underneath the clothes. A lot of documentary filmmakers think, oh, I'll just put a lavalier on everybody and I'm done. Um, the lavalier microphone doesn't really capture the world. The boom microphone is much more effective for capturing the world. So for documentary filmmakers, if you're, I, I would strongly suggest having a, a microphone on the camera, an onboard, uh, you know, camera microphone, but also having a separate independent recordist who has their own boom and also set of lavaliers. Wow, that'd be then you would really be covered, wouldn't you? Yes. And that that is my that is my suggestion with with um with the way with the options for technology today with digital filmmaking the the prices are accessible to independent filmmakers now and um you know go for it and make sure you have make sure that you're covered covered in um make sure you have your coverage and that you're covered uh, equipment wise well it's be specifically for uh, doc filmmakers it's uh, one time to get it's really hard to get some of these interviews that they get someone was talking about getting Marianne Williamson on their film they were so excited and of course you are not going to get back in and say, oh, Marianne, the, the sound fa- uh, failed would you do it again I mean that would be so unprofessional you really can't make a mistake with the sound on some of these wonderful interviews for documentaries. So uh, that is really good advice. Thank you, Corey. Yeah, making sure you have a backup. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, right. Right. So anything else? Um, You know, the biggest tip is obviously hire me. No, um, (laughs) hire yourself or sound. No, hire hire a good good professional. But also, you know, just having, you know, be, be aware of sound as a director um be be uh mindful of what's going on um and you know have a pair of headphones so you can listen um you know a lot of times when you're conducting those interviews a lot of the things if you're do especially if you're doing it yourself a lot of the silly mistakes are oh i just turned it too high and everything's distorted but that could all be fixed if you just take a listen you know before you have this really high pressure interview you know when you're getting started up just like hey let me take a listen and make sure everything's running okay and you know, that somebody... reminds me of um, René Gonville, a friend of mine from France. He always has earphones on when he's shooting um, because he wants to hear the sound. He knows then if it's a good take or not from his perspective. But, of course, the sound man is in charge. But well, he can he could even cut a, a scene if there is something wrong earlier than waiting for the sound man. Mm-hmm. So... I think that is a brilliant idea that the director should have on a headset. Yes, yes. Having having the director in a position where they can make decisions based on the sound that's being recorded is very is very useful as well. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, and thank you from our heart for being such a great sponsor to the grant all these years. We really appreciate it. Well, thank, thank you for having us, and thank you for having such a wonderful grant. You know, a lot of people come to us and say, you know, what's available to independent filmmakers? And the first place I send them always is the Roy Dean Grant because it is just such a fantastic grant. It really takes, it really gives filmmakers that get the grant an opportunity to take their movies somewhere where they wouldn't be able to without it. And and the movies that come out of it, as I said before, are just, they're always fantastic. Thank you so much. All right. Best of luck to you and your team. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. 
Okay. All right. Take care. Thank you, Claire. Bye, Claire. Bye, Claire. Bye. Bye, Carol. Thank you. Bye-bye. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.